I will say this though, the plane fight, amazing. <laughs> Up until the <laughs> jumping out of the plane, yeah. weird, horrible CG mm-hmm. uh, diving out. That was one of the only other notes that I had, which was how extensive was Six's training that he knows how to uh, essentially fight in zero G so much so that it looks like he's lazily going through the experience and then know how to land on top of somebody else's parachute, perfectly collapse it so that he can abscond with said parachute and land safely. Uh, That scene. That one seems like a stretch. (laughs) No, that scene was so insane. I think that point was just like, we was going... Russo's going, we can do anything here. Let's just go crazy. Let's not even <laughs> let's not even think about anything. Let's just like it really has that feeling of like, I don't know, like the good versions of the Fast and Furious. Like I'm very on and off about the whole franchise, but like some of the stuff I love, some of the stuff I don't, but some of the ridiculousness is just insane. Like it is taking us back to the 90s. Like Hello and welcome to another episode of D54. Welcome back. And today we are reviewing The Gray Man, Netflix's big action blockbuster. I'm Amit, and today I'm joined by the super talented Doug from the Hi Dad, I'm Dad podcast. Uh, welcome, Doug. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Man, so excited, so pumped to have you on this episode, man. Like, just been talking on and off for a while, and it's so great to have you on to discuss this crazy movie. But before we do, man, I want to give you a lot of props for your podcast. Awesome podcast. Absolutely love it. I would recommend checking it out to anyone that's listening. But why don't you give the listeners a little bit about a little bit of introduction about sort of what the podcast is about? Well, before I do that, I just want to say this. Uh, D54 is a hell of a good time, and I've had a blast listening <laughs> to every single episode. So. Uh, if this is your first time listening to D54, go back and listen to some more episodes. Uh, my show, and part of the reason that I podcast in general, is uh, it's a result of the fact that my dad died two days after my daughter was born. I really couldn't figure out how to process a lot of those emotions in that time uh, for reasons that a lot of people might just figure out. Um, so over time, I kind of just decided I might try my hand at podcasting and uh, speaking those emotions out into the air. Show ended up being uh, 15 episodes, roughly 15 minutes a piece. And it's kind of like a long form audio book. And uh, I drop a lot of movie references in there. You might <laughs> like. That. And I try to keep it fun and light, but also effective. And it mostly functioned as a way for me to effectively say goodbye to my father while also having him say hello to my daughter. And I loved making it and I'm in a hiatus of that right now until we make season two, which is why I love coming on to other shows and, you know, talking about movies and my dad loved movies and he would have loved this podcast. So (laughs) I would love if you check out my show, but if you don't, please listen to the rest of the episodes of D54. It's a great time. Oh man, thank, thanks so much. Really, really appreciate those kind words. But look, honestly, do listen to the, the podcast because your way of storytelling is so, um, it captures you so well. And I just got hooked. I think you sent me one episode. I listened to that and I was like, all right, let me check out another episode. I checked out that. Then sooner or later, you know, I went to episode six, episode seven, 
and I'm just having a ball with it. You know, it's it's a great mix. Sometimes you're laughing, sometimes you're emotional. Um, process everything. It's it's a really great podcast and just something that you can get behind pretty easily. So do check it out. You know, check out T54, check out Hi Dad, I'm Dad. Listen to them back again. Listen to them on repeat. Do whatever you have to. But, <laughs> but <laughs> glad you're here, man, because yeah, you do drop a lot of movie references and I just, I think I cackled at basically all of them from Jaws to, I think, yeah, you mentioned so many of them. <laughs> but, um, Oh yeah, I mean, we we go from Jaws to Goofy movie. Uh, we, yeah. <laughs> I really, really got into all that stuff. But again, thank you so much for the kind words. Yeah. If if nothing else, making that show allowed me to come and do this, uh, which is <laughs> incredible. Yeah, no man. But what kind of movies did your dad like to watch? I know you've mentioned on the podcast, but I just can't remember what kind of movies was his kind oh, of boy. favorite. This is this is kind of a perfect segue into talking about this movie because my dad would have perfect. he would have talked about any any movie and every movie. His absolute yep. favorite thing to do when I was growing up was on a Friday night go to the pizza uh, the pizza store. Then we would pick up two movies from the local video store. Uh, mm-hmm. Blockbuster was huge here in America, but for me locally it was Mammoth Video, hmm. and we would rent. Two movies to have through the weekend, and we would watch those as many times as we could. <laughs> and this movie, The Gray Man, felt like a movie that you would watch on a Friday night. It wasn't the number one title, right? Like if, let's say, if Saving Private Ryan was on the shelf, that was the one you watched and you were like, this is the one I'm supposed to watch because the world tells me this is a good movie. The Gray Man would be right next to it, and you'd be <laughs> like, oh, but this one looks like a lot of fun. And then you pull that down off the shelf and you're like, yeah, you know what? There's not a hell of a lot to that movie, but I had a blast with every second of it. And that's what this movie is like. And yeah. they were some of his favorites. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, so he would definitely fit in this podcast pretty well then, I think. <laughs> oh, man. When I, <laughs> yeah. when I was watching this movie, I literally kept looking at the empty chair next to me down in my basement oh, and being like, "Yeah, Dad, what do you think of this one? And I guarantee you he would have had a, just a giant shit-eating grin on his face and been like, this is fun. No, nah, this was definitely a fun one, man. I That's one word that to, to take away with. But coming in, man, so, you know, you do, it's a great segue because some of the expectations I had coming into this movie, there were a few things, it being Netflix and, you know, the fact it was an action movie, the fact it was Russo Brothers, a lot of stuff going on, you know, sort of where, you know, where do I place this movie in the you know, spectrum of movies I like to watch? From the first, like, you know, the trailers and stuff like that, I could tell the action was looking good. Stylistically, I was pretty, you know, thinking that it'd be a good movie because the Russo brothers are pretty stylistic directors and we'll talk about them a little bit more. But sort of what did you, you mentioned a little bit, um, any expectations coming into this movie? Were you expecting anything like, you know, a really deep story or some movie comparisons? What were you thinking while you were sort of before coming in? You know, uh, that's a great question. I was kind of twofold. Because I looked at it from the one hand of this is the Russo brothers and they're coming hot off the heels of what they did with the Avengers saga, uh, specifically the Infinity Saga. Well, that was great. They really stuck the landing there and the way they handled Captain America specifically was wonderful. And part of the reason that I love that character so much now. I loved him when I was a kid, but they really helped me love him as an adult. And the other hand was Netflix has knocked it out of the park countless times with their series mm. uh i just actually finished ozark last night oh, yeah. and i'm talking the final episode 
phenomenal. Yeah. And I can see it being divisive for a lot of people, but my God, like Ozark, Stranger Things, so many more among them. But their movies have never really uh, done it for me. Some of them are pretty good. Enola Holmes was 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 great, mm. actually. It was a lot of fun, but like nothing had kind of hit in that stratosphere of being like, all right, this is something that I would consider a theatrical feature. Uh, something that I would really dig my teeth into. So I was I was a mixed bag. You know, I went into it being like, this cast is amazing. The directors have amazing credibility, but Netflix's track record hasn't been that great. How's it all going to wash out? And luckily, mm. everything kind of funneled into the uh, into the lane of fun. And I yeah. had a blast. What about you? Yeah, no, it was um, built up some really good points about um, Netflix, man. And that's probably a whole conversation itself, which we can get into a little bit here. But yeah, man, just Netflix is in a pretty, pretty strange position. One thing that I have seen, you're right, they have knocked it out of the park with some of their shows, but they seem to be under under fire lately. Like just with the, you know, I think recently they lost a lot of, subscri- a lot of subscriptions. Um, I think their reputation started going down a little bit because they have a real appetite for just canceling shows. Um, and after Stranger Things, to be honest, I don't know what show I'm looking forward to next from a Netflix point of view. Um, they have got like you're right, the good movies. point, but I will I would yeah. toss into the ether uh, the Sandman. If you yeah, are no, unfamiliar with that IP, that is one that I'm definitely looking forward to. No, I think honestly, this movie and the Sandman were the two that sort of kept me um, really interested to see what they'd do with it. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like with the movies, you're right. Like they seem to. One thing though is. A lot of the action movies have seemed to hit the mark. Like, I think it was Extraction, the one with Chris Hemsworth. That's, again, just a fun movie. Um, a movie that's pretty similar to this one, Red Notice, if you've seen that one, with Ryan Reynolds and The Rock and Gal Gadot. Um, so they, they, ha- they seem to have an appetite. I think their safest movies are the ones where they just do action blockbusters, I think. That's what they think anyway. Um, so you're coming in, I was like, look, I didn't think this would be a bad movie. And yeah, the cast itself just had me um on board straight away because just yeah you know the resource plus that cast was enough for me to sort of be like yep let me check this out um so yeah i'd I'd, i would say high expectations wouldn't be the right word because i wasn't expecting like something that's going to blow my mind or like i think the best critically acclaimed movie they've done is probably the irishman if you've seen that that's a netflix original i think Uh, yeah yeah Uh, but but see that that one kind of it reminded me of like the pixar disney thing where the irishman was just Martin Scorsese being like, Netflix is going to let me do whatever the hell I want for however long I want. So great. I'll release my movie there. But he was going to make that movie anyway. Just like with Pixar, where they they made their movies and then Disney was like, let us distribute them for you. Great. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. If Disney is, or if Netflix is putting the money behind it, I have yet to see anything other than Enola Holmes that felt when you're sitting on your couch, in your home, in your basement, in your home theater, whatever it is, I want to feel like it's a theatrical experience. And I don't care if it's absurd. I don't care if it's absurd. Actually, sometimes I prefer that. But I want it to feel like I'm getting my quote-unquote money's worth. And why they can do that with their series so efficiently and so well and so often and not do it with their movies is... it it just kind of boggled my mind for a very long time. It left me with a sour taste. And this one, luckily, yeah. again, mm. went a long way to kind of correcting that for me. 
Yeah. No, I definitely agree. It did. It it definitely was something. I think having the Rooster Brothers helped a little bit for me as well. I'm still pretty high on them. You're right. Great intro to, you know, um, the Avengers, the, the, days of, the days of Avengers and Captain America and stuff like that. And they really did such a outstanding job on that. Like, you know, one of the best movies in recent times and, you know, something that I remember very fondly is, you know, closing off such a complex uh, decade of movies, basically. And they, they nailed it. So, you know, what can they do? But the criticism is just like, can you do it without, you know, Captain America? Can you do it without Iron Man or the Hulk running around? Like, can you make a more, um, you know, without the superhero aspect, even though there are superhero aspects in this movie, <laughs> as we oh, see. Oh boy, are there. <laughs> yep, yep. But um, I do like, like, so now I've seen a few of these movies for the Rooster Brothers, I'm getting a sense of their style. You know, I think before I wasn't, after just, you know, Avengers Endgame, because and, and Infinity War, there's so many players at hand in those movies, right? And there's so many people involved with that, it's, even though they're the directors. It's such a larger project. Seeing them on these kind of things, I'm getting a sense of what kind of style that they have and they like more. Aside from like those, have you? I've only seen one other movie of theirs, which was Cherry, which came out um, in 2021, which was about Tom Holland basically going through PTSD, uh, Apple Plus movie. It's, it's a decent movie, but that movie, again, very stylistic, very cool, looks really nice. But I'm honest, like it lacks substance, um, which is something you can probably say about this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, but for like all the right reasons. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a great point. I think this movie, um, and we'll touch on it a little bit now. Um, basically, I think within, I don't know about how you felt, but like after about 10 minutes, I knew exactly what this movie is about. Like, it, Oh, yeah. Yeah, like it just basically like, you know, is this movie going to take us plot seriously? Probably not, but does it look cool? It definitely looks cool. It looks really cool. <laughs> um, how about you, man? What did you think about the, um, I guess, you know, because I want to talk about the cast a little bit, but about just the movie's intro, this start part, how it introduced us to the characters and everything like that. What did you think? Well, you know, honestly, I think I should touch on what we were talking about right before we hit record, which was, you know, we we realized that they had a lot to do with uh, Arrested Development back in the day. And you want to talk about a show, and especially like from a comedy aspect, way back in the day that that dealt with a lot of characters and balancing those characters and giving everyone the credence they deserved, uh, even in 20-minute episodes for that, we know that they can handle a lot of characters and handle them very well. And everyone's going to feel well drawn out and that they're going to feel like they have their panache, right? They're going to have their gravitas. So when we got into this, I agree. Within 10 minutes, I was like, I know exactly what this movie is. And I leaned back a little further and was just like, (laughs) take me for the ride, Russos. I'm here. Here we are. Let's do this. But every single character, with the exception of uh, two or three, and we'll get into that a little bit later on, I actually felt like I understood their motivations. I knew who they were. Like I felt some of them where where characters that I would sit down with at a bar and have like lots of beer with. But having said all that, you know, this is a two hour movie that felt like 20 minutes. And that's a rare thing to do these days. You know, especially me having a kid, I'll look at a runtime of a movie (laughs) before I actually watch it and be like, all right, is this going to be worth my time? Is this going (laughs) to be worth my time? Ooh, two hours. That's a long runtime. And it just breezed right by. Woo! Yeah, because this movie took a break yeah. for no one. No, exactly right. It was very, it's very hard hitting. You know, 
I felt like it's just like from the intro scene, um, it's basically, you know, there's a very short introduction to the movie and then action straight away. And then a little bit of a break, then action. Then, uh, you know, um, and the action sometimes keeps topping itself. <laughs> but you bring up such a great point about the ensemble cast. Like that's something that I think the Russo brothers should strive to do in all their movies because I think they just do it really well. Um, they seem to handle characters Complex um, characters, I think that what they do is with this movie, like the characters are not super deep, but they're deep enough for me to be invested in and understand the motivations, as you said. Like it hits that point where it's like, yeah, okay, I understand them well enough. I don't need to know anything more. If you do that more, this is going to become a character movie and it's going to take away from the absurdity which is about to come ahead of us. So no, man, I really liked the introduction. I thought it was really great. Um, And, you know, just to see all these actors come together, man, it was just like blow by blow. Um, Ryan Gosling as a lead playing uh, Six, I think it was. Is the name right? Six or yeah, something six. like that? Yeah, Six, yep, just the number. Um, you know, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, um, Anna de Armas, I think that's how you say her name. <laughs> um, that's, that's how I say it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton, Jessica Henwick, um, Danush, Afi Woodward, like Reggie, Jean Paul. I mean, some of these guys I know better than others. But obviously, I think the main, the top three, I think Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, and Anna de Armas, I think, you know, are really starting to make some strides. Like, good to see Ryan Gosling back. I haven't seen him in a while. But um, yeah, man, like, you know, the cast was pretty big. And that was a big draw factor to watch this movie for me as well. Were you, did you like this cast? And how, I mean, the portrayals were pretty good. But like, coming in, were you like excited about seeing such an ensemble cast? Oh, yeah. I... I was sold the moment that I'd realized it was basically spy versus spy with yeah. Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. Uh, because these yeah. are two people who started out their careers as pretty boys. Mm-hmm. And the way that I met uh, Chris Evans, especially here in the Americas, with with not another teen movie, which was yeah. <laughs> a, like, honestly, it's a pitch-perfect satire of that genre and felt like a Mel Brooks movie that Mel Brooks didn't make. If you haven't watched that movie in a while, go back and watch it. It's actually a spectacular lampoon of that entire genre. Uh, But then Ryan Gosling, I've known him since I was a kid. I've known him before I even knew him, knew him. I was watching him in Goosebumps episodes when I was real young. And then I watched him in Young Hercules uh, when I was getting a little bit older. And then eventually he just kind of took on that pretty boy role. And I was like, oh man, Ryan Gosling, like you've had a lot more charm and charisma than this. You're better than this. And then I saw him in uh, Stupid Crazy Love, Mad Stupid Crazy Love. Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, that one. Crazy Stupid Love. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy Stupid Love. And that movie just, I was like, all right, he knows who he is. He knows what he can do. He's charming. He's charismatic. He's wonderful. I love this movie because he's in it. And and the rest of it, it's just such a smartly written film. But then Blade Runner 2049 hit. And I was like, all right, I'm with Ryan Gosling forever. And and to top all that off, he was in The Nice Guys with Russell Mm Crowe. And the character that he plays in that movie feels like a... (laughs) In an inept version of the character that he plays in this six, yeah. uh, like <laughs> all the same, all the same charisma, all the same quips, all the same lines. He's just not very good at what he does where here he is again, essentially a superhero. 
But then the heel turn of Chris Evans, and I feel like he's just making a meal of trying to be a villain now, especially with Knives Out coming into this. I'll watch him do anything because he just has so much fun. Always has fun. He's authentic. He's genuine. He's energetic. And I watch him on the screen and I'm just like, you know what? I'm in. So that was incredible. Ana de Armas, unfortunately, she did great in the movie, but I, I felt like her character was a little underserved. I feel like Billy Bob Thornton actually had a little bit more time to shine. And uh, Reggae John Page, I felt like, was a little bit underserved. But otherwise, everything else in this movie, in terms of character work, uh, just sung to me. Because it was absurd, right? It, it was like <laughs> Tom Morello doing a wah-wah in the Rage Against the Machine songs. Like, it's just wild and kind of in, insane and a little bit inconsistent, but beautiful because of that. And I was all in for it. Yes, the Ryan Gosling man, Blade, Blade Runner 2049 was in 2017. And he's only done and like, I, he's only done like, I think since he did one movie called The, the First Man, I've not seen that one. Um, I oh, think it's about that was uh, Damien Chazelle. Okay. Yeah, the same guy who did... Um, Whiplash and oh okay, right. La La Land. Whiplash is no oh they're both pretty good movies. Um, but yeah, since then it's he's been on a bit of a hiatus. Like he's got a lot of stuff coming up. But yeah, just this is like well, he's done two movies in the space of five years or something like that. So it's just refreshing to see him. And you're right, I have the yeah the same path, man. Like um, I I didn't actually know he was in Goosebumps and all that. But yeah, when Blade Runner twenty forty nine came out, I think I recognized him as a really talented like dramatic actor um more than a pretty face and he plays that role of just you know in that one he was so monotone and so um minimal but he did it really good like you you know he was fantastic in the movie i thought um and yeah the rest of the cast look i'm really loving this phase of chris evans after the chris after the um <laughs> you know captain america the mustache twirling um bad guy oh. that he was in this man that was so over the top but i i every time he was the on the screen i it. loved it yeah <laughs> That was perfect. You just said it. He's snidely whiplash in this movie. Yep. He's he's like an NC-17 snidely whiplash <laughs> yeah. in this movie. He's just yep. unhinged, and I loved it. I love characters like that. Characters that's unhinged, just so, so far on the other end. And it's good to see him do this kind of stuff, you know? Like, he's gone from being, um, I, I actually forgotten he was in um, not another teen movie, but yeah, that is a spectacular movie. I should rewatch that movie because it's probably aged better now. Than it was back then, but um, no, he's he's fantastic. I loved him. He was him and Ryan Gosling just together was just great. You're right about Anna de Armas. She was she was there, but definitely the characters just sort of lacked. Um, Billy Bob Thornton. I didn't expect to even. I didn't even know. I didn't look up the cast beforehand. But yeah, he was great to sort of see. He's you know professional. But the other cast, um, Jessica Henwick. I love seeing Jessica Henwick. Whatever. She sort of had a bad run. Um, I think you've seen the, that Matrix movie, Matrix Resurrections. Yeah, yeah. Um, she did much better in this. I, I really enjoyed her in this. Oh, definitely. Uh, she was in, she was also in that, that Marvel Netflix series. Um, yeah, Iron Fist. <laughs> Iron Fist, which unfortunately yeah. she was, well, you know, not, not unfortunate. She was the best part of that series. She was excellent yeah. in that series, but the, the rest of the She's parts great. weren't that great, but she did good here. No, she was great. I loved her. In that. Every time I see her, I'm pretty, I'm excited to see. Her. I think she's done some other stuff which I've also liked. So it's never her fault. Um, and also this guy Danush man that played the um the Tamilian oh. friend, as they sort of reference. He's he's a big deal. He's a huge star in um, South Indian cinema, actually. So I mean, he had a pretty 
small role in this, but anytime you see anyone from a foreign movie making it big on the scale like this, it's great. And yeah, his role was perfect. I thought he was great. Um, he was amazing. You know what? Yeah. You know what he reminded me of in this movie? Uh, Casino Royale. There is the scene where I Daniel have- Craig's James Bond is is going to find the guy who's gonna you know try to bomb the giant jet, and he doesn't speak very much. But there's mm. that amazing body acting between the two of them when they're at that like museum exhibit and they have the like slow hand knife fight and it's just yeah. that like long car action sequence. Like he was just he did so much with very little to say. And then, you know, Correct. his his turn later on in the movie where they give him a chance to just like explain his morality. Like, oh man, there were there were really cool moments in here that turned it up from like, yeah, of course this movie is absurd. It's nuts. But those little itty bitty subtle hints at like these characters matter, they mean something to one another and they actually have a stake on what their lives are like and what they want the world to be like, uh, really kind of turned it up from like a seven to an eight for me. Completely agree, man. Like sometimes there's more, and yeah, you know, again, Russo brothers, like they can sort of, I think they utilize people well. Like I think while, well, you know, you could argue that some of the characters could have been used better, um, you know, who knows? There's probably a sequel coming out with this because that's probably the reason why they didn't kill off a lot of the characters except for Chris Evans. Um, <laughs> um, so there could be that in the future. But yeah, look, I, you know, I thought the cast was worked really well and it was definitely a big selling point for me because, you know, seeing the cast has come together, I wanted to see how they interacted and they did so great. So just that in itself, um, no one felt like they were stale. No one felt like they dialed it in. Everyone was having a lot of fun. That's one thing I got out of this movie and, it did, you know, have you sort of started this episode? It did give me a lot of this action movies back in the 90s feel, right? I don't know about you, but it definitely was like, this is a throwback to, yeah. My number one note is 80s, 90s <laughs> vibe. Yeah. Uh, music, uh-huh. music simple. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes when I write notes, like, listen, it's, it's a testament to this movie that my notes stopped after a little while and I just was sucked in. <laughs> But I, that's yeah. what I thought. And especially after having listened to your episode about uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent and talking about Nick Cage, I was like, man, if this movie was made in the 90s, <laughs> it probably would have starred Travolta and Cage. Oh, man. Yep. Yep. No, that's a great point. You definitely could see a lot of those action stars back in the 90s, right? Bruce Willis, um, Stallone even. Like, you could definitely have an ensemble cast like right. that. Like, you know. Yeah, these guys would have fit right in. Um, it's, just, it's just cool to see man like, I love uh, seeing these kind of movies imagine like if it had been Bruce Willis and Wesley Snipes like the, oh man the reason that yeah. this movie works so well is you could have put any equivalent actors who are just able of, of capturing a particular kind of acting aesthetic in those two roles mm-hmm. in those two archetype roles so Six and um, I had his name down here Lloyd Lloyd, Lloyd Hanson. Hanson right yeah. so Six and Lloyd Hansen. You could have put any of those big 90 stars in either of those roles and it still would have worked. Same script, yeah. same everything. <laughs> Even Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Hell, <laughs> he was there, right? He was there. It could have been the exact same movie made back then and it would have felt just as good. And it, it, it literally, it just, it felt like home. It felt like a lot of fun and I couldn't stop watching it. Usually, especially with something where I'm streaming, like, ah, mm. you know what? I'll take a bathroom break. I'll hit pause. Or yep. uh, maybe I'll bring up my phone a little bit and I'll scroll something. 
I shouldn't, but sometimes I do, right? Because that's mm-hmm. that's the mark of something kind of losing my interest. But man, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. So having a blast. That was awesome. Yeah, nah, man. The good transition, man, into sort of the main point of this movie, which I think we've talked about a little bit, but the action. Oh my god! Like, wow. I I totally enjoyed so much of this just from an action standpoint. Like, there was a. The Russo brothers know how to shoot action scenes, I think. Like, they've done a oh, pretty yeah, good job with that. Like, you know, if that's one strength of theirs. Um, I don't know about, I don't know about, you know, hand-to-hand combat and martial arts stuff, but in terms of, like, this, you know, gun, gun fighting, car chasing, explosive stuff, <laughs> I think they're not, they're, they're, they're not too bad at that. They use CGI well. Um, thought that was all polished and well done. Uh, it's cool, man. The movie felt like I was going on a world tour because it took me to every single... You felt like every single country that there was, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. Like <laughs> it never, t- it never stopped. It was like, all right, cool. Uh, five minute action beat, great. Here's two minutes of uh, two minutes of exposition, and now we're gonna jet set yeah. over to this next corner of the world. It like a much better way than Jurassic World Dominion did. Which don't get me started yeah. on that movie. Holy shit! Yeah, but, no, I'm not not seen that one yet. But yeah. <laughs> oh boy, I'll save that. I'll save that. You know what? When you if you want to do that movie, you have me back on. <laughs> I <got> sure. <laughs> but i will say this every action beat was incredible the the park bench scene where he's just handcuffed to that park bench oh my god amazing amazing you know uh, that was like the deadpool moment of the movie where it was like this guy cannot be killed he can't be killed <laughs> he can be he can no. be injured he can be shot he can be stabbed uh he can be slashed but he cannot be killed doesn't matter you know, he's just going to weather everything with a very simple, and I loved his, his two catchphrases, you know, are you a 42 long? And this is just another Thursday. Like yeah. those two catchphrases perfectly encapsulate who this character is. I will say this though, the plane fight, amazing <laughs> up until the <laughs> jumping out of the plane, yeah. weird, horrible CG Mm-hmm. Uh, diving out that was one of the only other notes that i had which was how extensive was six's training that he knows how to uh, essentially fight in zero g so much so that it looks like he's lazily going through the experience and then yep. know how to land on top of somebody else's parachute perfectly collapse it so that he can abscond with said parachute and land safely um that scene <laughs> That one seems like a stretch. <laughs> no, that scene was so insane. I think that point was just like Russo's going, Russo's going, we can do anything here. Let's just go crazy. Let's not even <laughs> let's not even think about anything. Let's just like it really has that feeling of like, I don't know, like the good versions of the Fast and Furious. Like I'm very on and off about the whole franchise, but like some of the stuff I love, some of the stuff I don't, but some of the ridiculousness is just insane. Like it is taking us back to the nineties, like you know, you see something like that in, in like like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Like you know, um, they're, they're they're literally fighting in a plane that's been broken apart, and it's not just like one thing that's broken. The whole plane is coming apart, and they're just punching on and fighting. And it's yeah, it's just that park bench scene, even the start scene. Like um, I think they're in Tokyo and they're having like all the colors and the mists and stuff like that. Very very stylistic. Like I think they just they have a good way, and I'm really digging that. So I'm really looking forward to watching more of the Russo brothers movies just for the action because it's just I think they're starting to really get good at it um, with you know you're right sometimes the CGI was not so good but look while I said that they use a lot of CGI 
a lot of it was also practical. I think like, you know, the park bench scene, yes. as you said, it was a lot of practical. The end fight scene at the maze, it's, it's oh. creative, you know? I think they just have this creative way of um, luring you into these fight scenes and, <laughs> you know, and you're just, you're right, good joining. I barely, barely touched my phone, barely took a break. Um, to watch the whole thing in one sitting because it was just so engaging. Um, and that was just due to the action. Like it wasn't due to the storyline was, you know, as I said, it's okay. Spy West plus Spy West Spy was good. But look, we've seen it in like Mission Impossible and like Born Identity. You know, pick your favorite action movie and you've seen this. Like whether it's John Wick, um, a lot of elements of other stuff going on. But at this day and age, man, it's pretty hard to make an original action movie, I think. So yeah, man, absolutely loved it. It was... um. Yeah, the action was crazy. I don't know if you had any other notes about the action at all. Well, I do. Uh, And it's just honestly listening to you speak there, realized what made me love the action so much is that all of the action mattered. All of it served a purpose. Almost every single action beat had a had a beating heart underneath it. That first one with the fireworks. Man, Mm. that's a lot of fun. All right. So literally two guys like shooting fireworks at one another. But before that, you've got him six with a with a rifle and he's so good and so talented that he's going to shoot this man from like three fours below him through glass right but he realizes that the last second that there's a kid there and he doesn't want to shoot the kid so he totally absconds with that version of the mission or totally abandons that version of the mission so that he can get more close up and hand to hand which is when we get that great scene of him like just walking slowly next to people grabbing like a cocktail straw and just stabbing people in the neck Yep, Excellent. Yep. I'm all in on that. But what matters there is he he has a heart. He has a moral code. He understands who he wants to be and what he's not willing to accept. But he also understands how to get the job done. And another line that I love in that first kill that he does in the movie, when when it's revealed that the other agent that he's taking out is essentially his successor or his predecessor, is when he's like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm your predecessor, but that's not going to stop you, is it? And he's like, probably not. And it's just like the duality of that character is wonderful and that he has a quote, he has a code. He knows where his line is, but he's also going to do everything that he can to get the job done, whatever the job is and however it's defined to him at that moment. So before that plane fight, even though the, you know, eventual CG version of that gets <laughs> unbelievably ridiculous, yep. he has that conversation with Billy Bob where Billy Bob is like, yeah, man, you're, uh, you're good. You're coming home. You know, he thinks he's going home safe. And you see Billy Bob, you know, tell everyone in Chris Evans's car, like, hey, kill him. Because he knows they can't. Like, it's just... This really great, uh, all of the subtleties in this movie, even though it's like exploded and it's huge and everything is massive, there are a lot of cool subtleties in the movie that help sell the characters and who they are. And that's one of them. Just like, yeah, go ahead, try to kill him. You're not going to. Like, so much so that later on, Six doesn't even care. He's like, yeah, uh, I'm on the ground. <laughs> I'm hurt. But, uh, yeah. All right, did you do that on purpose or did you know I was going to survive it? And he just, in a conversation, is able to glean through context. Like, I knew you'd survive it. Come and get me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, brilliant. Beautiful. Brilliant. 
Yeah. No, you're right. And the other thing I was thinking about when you were talking about it is like, so why was this action so engaging compared to so many, so much other stuff out there? Some of the stuff you mentioned was really good. Also, it's really, it's varied. I feel like, you know, there's different kinds of action. Like there's a, you know, obviously with the, heli- the airplane scene, they have a car. I think there's a car chase one or something like that. Um, but also people are involved, right? Like, so Anna de Armas, she's all involved with the action. Um, Chris Evans involved with the action. Um, Danush is there fighting as well. Uh, is this a lot of people involved with the, it's not just a one man show. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's not just uh, Ryan Gosling just going off number six and showing us what he's all all about. It is it is varied. Like, we get other people involved with it. And it's like, the pacing is also really good, I feel. Like, it escalates really well. Like, you know, um, it gets to a point where they when they realize that we can't kill him. And Chris Evans is like, what, millions of dollars on as a bounty <laughs> to get yeah. this guy? Um, that definitely had some John Wick vibes there with that one. But... Yeah, it was just exciting and enthralling. Um, and yeah, you're right. It was engaging throughout. So lots of really good stuff about this movie, man, about the action. Um, Storyline, um, touch on it a little bit. Like, I think it was it was good. It was good enough to keep me engaged, I think. That was important. Like, if it was really silly or really, if they didn't care about it at all, I'd be like, but why are they doing anything like this for? Like, I, I need to have some level of interest in the story. Um, and the moral code that Six has is great. Um, even some other scenes, man, like the trapdoor scene <laughs> and he escapes that. Oh yeah. Oh he, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> love the trapdoor scene. Trapdoor scene was awesome. Um, he builds a bomb like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but it, like, it's so, so effective because you just realize yeah. and it's, it's all doubling down, right? Until we build mm-hmm. to that reveal that he has a previous relationship with the niece that Chris Evans has abducted from uh, Billy Bob in order to blackmail him to try to bring him six. And the one thing that I really felt this movie was missing outside of like Ana de Armas is a necessary character in the movie because without her, you don't get somebody assisting six because Billy Bob is, you know, uh, kidnapped. And Regga John Page didn't really sell me as like the, the villain you know, quote unquote villain. He just kind of was yeah. there. He was fine. He was doing all right, but he wasn't sinister or confident enough in that role to really make me feel like you're a piece of shit. He just kind of was um, level, you know, and I guess that's what's really scary about the United States government is that they all just <laughs> seem confident, confident and nonchalant at the same time, which is wild. Uh, but that trapdoor scene is great because we see the lengths he's willing to go to, to get himself out of something. Uh, the whole relationship with the niece though, was something that I really want to develop a little bit more. We saw the great scenes of him talking to her and him babysitting her. And we understand that there must've been more than just him helping, you know, get her to the hospital when she had the issue with her pacemaker and protecting her when somebody had come for her. But I would have loved like a scene of them playing checkers or playing some other game where that was like clear that she loved him and he loved her. He was definitely a yeah. protector that was there. But she even says later on in the movie, like he's coming for us. Right. And a little bit of the meat I missed was just a little bit more about their relationship that made me understand why do we end this movie with him? 
faking an injury for so long that he's able to break out of a hospital <laughs> and go and get her again. Yeah. I knew it and I didn't care uh, by the end. You know, I knew he was probably going to do that, but I wanted to care more. Yeah, I thought he was. So when they had that flashback, I was a bit worried because flashbacks always worry me a little bit sometimes if they kill the pacing of the story or they take something out of it if they're not done right. Um, so I had a bit of a fear with that, but you are right. Like, I think that, as I said, the characters are developed to a point where I have enough interest, but there's definitely room for each of them, I think, to be developed even more. Um, and that relationship is probably at the heart of that. Um, probably didn't get enough out of that relationship. You're exactly right. But I do give a lot of credit. Like, Ryan Gosling, such a great actor. Like, that's pretty, pretty varied, right? To see him in that kind of role. I didn't even think of that. Um, to go from basically non-stop action, spy espionage, to having somewhat of a heart with the scene. It could have been done a little bit better, but I think he pulled it off quite well. The chemistry was great, I thought, between him. Honestly, between everybody, I thought the chemistry was great. I didn't have any. Yeah, they, um, they all did a great job. And this is, uh, yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest here, this is me nitpicking the movie. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, just, no. I wish there was a little bit more there. You know, just one scene where she was like, uh, you know, I like this record. And he explained. So there's, uh, hmm. sorry, I'm tripping over myself here. There's the scene <laughs> later on where he explains to Anna de Armas what he did to get himself in prison in the first place. If that scene had instead been him talking to the niece about what he had done. Mm. Great. Yeah. Then, then we get a whole different understanding of their relationship. She knows who he is. He told her that reluctantly they share a common bond of trauma because she doesn't have parents. He doesn't have parents because he killed his dad and they both (laughs) have a, they both have a lifelong, you know, quote unquote injury. Hers, she's got a pacemaker. Him, he's got the trauma that he has to carry forever, and he's locked into a contract with the U.S. government. Boom. They they love one another, and they have to go through life injured together, and those bad parts of themselves can help heal the you know bad parts in the other. You know, I was thinking that as I walked, you know, got to the end of the movie, it was like, man, that would have been a really nice moment for us to figure out why he is who he is in the first place. You know, why did Billy Bob give a shit about him at all? And then why would his niece care as much about him as she does? As you said, he's a a great actor and all of the stuff in his face and you can see it there. It's all writ large. But unfortunately, we just didn't get, you know, one of those scenes. It's like the stuff in Captain America, all of the stuff between Chris Evans and Peggy, even though it's not very long we get a lot of their feeling and their emotion in those moments. And if we had gotten a scene very similar to Chris Evans talking to Peggy when she's older in her hospital bed, you know, an analogous version of that in this movie, I feel like this would have become like, whoa, Netflix's hugest, biggest blockbuster ever because it had that much of a heart. It's still got one and it's still a hell of a lot of fun and I'll still recommend it to anybody I talk to movies about. Uh, But that could have you know, kicked it up from an eight to a nine for me. Oh, that, that's such a great, no, that's really good. Doing it like you just said then makes me realize that, yeah, this could have been even better like that. Cause you're right. It, it, yeah, that relationship could have been explored better and how you just framed it then, you know, would have been like, they have this bond, which, you know, only they sort of understand or they carry forward. And even something like she's as much of a protector for him that he is for her in a different way, you know, 
maybe an emotional sounding board or something that understands the situation like no one has. And that's why he's so close to her as well. Um, yeah, even the relationship between him and... I, I, I guess Fitz was the person that recruited him, um, Billy Bob Thornton's character. So they have that closeness in the training. But yeah, man, no, it, it is an area which I think even, even some of the criticisms I have was probably just as much as I love the action, it was a little bit predictable at times, I just felt. It's just because it's so much of it, and it's like action after action after action. Two hours didn't drag on me too much, but um, honestly, man, I feel like I'm having to search for criticisms because I did thoroughly enjoy this movie. It, it wasn't... Um, for what it was and what it was knew, knew it was doing, I didn't think it was... I didn't have too many issues with really anything, to be honest. I just thoroughly was there for the ride. It was more an experience than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't yeah. agree more. It was just like pizza on a Friday night. Like, I don't care if, you know, if X pizza chain is closed down because Y pizza chain will still be open. And I don't care if I prefer the pepperoni over there. Like, guess what? This is still pepperoni, man. And, uh, feels pretty good and, uh, goes down easy. And if this is what Netflix wants to do going forward, if they can funnel money into even, even bigger name directors, right? Like the, the Russos yeah. now are bigger names. But if they let them have fun, just, you know, pull the chains off and be like, guess what? You're the writer's room now. Here's, here's the open chat book. Like, have some fun. Do, do your thing. Just do whatever mm -hmm. you wanted to actually do. Then great. Because it's not Fabulous. jokey. Like, like we were talking about with Thor, there are some nice jokes in there, right? Like at the end of the plane sequence where he's like, hey, uh, I immediately don't like you. <laughs> or the, the constant through line of like, I just want to be comfortable when I lay down in my torture positions. You know, like those, those are all great, fun through line jokes, but it's not particularly jokey. And it just, it all moved and breathed so seamlessly that I didn't care. So when I sat down to write my notes and after I was thinking about the movie, I was like, all right, yeah, I got problems. I sure do. Do I care? Not really. Cause I would watch this movie with my dad. Probably yeah. once every three months and just enjoy yep. it as much as I did the last time. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Like the writing, as you mentioned a little bit there, like the writing is pretty, pretty solid in this. And I just, it has that snarky comedy in there in just between. And I think just from some of the trivia I was reading, a lot of it was improvised. So I think a lot of it was just Chris Evans. And you could tell, like, I think Chris Evans has a line where he says something like, that'll do pig. That'll do. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> I was like, that's so random. <laughs> like, but it just plays to his character so well. Um, so yeah, Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling and everyone that's involved with the, you know, just coming up with what they have to say and building these characters. Perfect. I, I think there's a reason why I enjoy this movie. I'm trying to figure out what it was. And I think it's an elements. I love the action, obviously. love the acting. But also just the pacing of the movie I thought was good. The writing was good enough. It was engaging and funny. And they knew what it was. That's the part that I love about this. And you're right, if Netflix can just be like, look, we're not going to make groundbreaking serious movies all the time. We want to have movies for that Friday night, um, which everyone just has to watch because it's accessible, it's easy to watch, it's fun. You're not going to have to think about it too much. Um, that's how I was, man. I just put it on like, like on a Thursday night, you know, had some takeout food or something like that and just, <laughs> you know, grab some beers and stuff and enjoy this one because that's what it just was. Just have a good was, time. Yeah, man. And I really like movies like that that do this um so i've already mentioned some what other movies did this sort of compare like what are the comparisons you have going through this when you're watching it like obviously the 90s one 
But was there anyone where you were like, this movie is like this, or I like it like this, or in a good way or a bad way? You know what? You just, as you were talking there, you reminded me of the other two Netflix movies that I've really enjoyed. And I recommend them to anyone. And that is The Babysitter and The Babysitter 2, Killer Queen. These movies know exactly what they are. They don't try to be anything other than than what they are. And they're a just great time, top to bottom. And I can think of no other better way to describe them other than the fact that I have not liked Mick G as a director pretty much through his entire career, right? I've never enjoyed a movie this guy has made. But it seems like Netflix just gave him the reins and was like, look, man, nobody's going to be checking your work. Go make your movie. Mm. And The Babysitter is fantastic. Have you seen it? No, I've not seen that movie. No, I've got to check it out. It is. It's Samara Weaving as a babysitter. It's yep. a you know, 13, 14-year-old kid who is too old to have a babysitter, but his parents still don't trust him on his own. So they have her come and watch him. The moment the parents take off to go to a hotel room to have adult time for the weekend, then the kid and this babysitter that have a great relationship have an awesome time together. And when he goes to sleep, you know, she's like, here, here, you can do a shot. You're a man, you know, to really put him to sleep. Mm -hmm. He wakes up in the night and notices that his babysitter is the head of a satanic cult and they're killing innocent people to try to raise the devil to make them immortal. Oh my God. Dark comedy. It's, but it is, it knows exactly what it is. It's so much fun. And they made a sequel a few years later that is as good as the first one. And it's absurd. Top to bottom. But it is just a blast. Very similar to the way this movie is. I'll watch this movie multiple times. With no qualms about watching it multiple times. Because the the charisma that is allowed to shine on screen. And the like just prolific filmmaking. It's all beautiful. It's just gorgeous. But it's also wrapped in these small character moments. Uh, like one we haven't talked about yet with uh, Fitzroy's old companion. I can't remember the name of the actress in that scene. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she's played by uh, Alfie Woodward. Is that the lady? Wood, Woodward? Yeah, yeah, Woodward. Uh, Margaret. Yeah, I didn't remember the name either. So good. Such an excellent scene. Of just like, I need, it's, it's who he sent the information to. And he goes to see her and realizes she's dying of cancer and she has her amazing sacrifice moment. But they have that relationship where she's like, I respect you and I love you, but please treat this professionally. And he's just trying to tip the line over that. But again, it plays in that subtlety space where he's like, please let me help you. And she's like, no, I'm doing my thing again. Excellent. It's those little scenes and it's maybe two minutes worth of the screen time that makes everything else matter it makes it breathe so much deeper and you as an audience member get these about every oh i don't know third of the movie you get a nice little emotional beat that just keeps you in so that that absurd action beat that's about to happen you're in for it because it actually equates to something by the end no no you're exactly right man there's little points i have there and i think that's what the side characters and the side cast as you mentioned do a great job of um, Alfie would would it? I mean, I, I can't remember too much. What she, she's she's from How to Get Away How to Get Away with Murder, right? That's a, what she's from. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I mean, she's pretty copious. Seen her a lot in a lot of things. 
Um, yeah, as we said, those emotional beats, just, you know, Jessica Henwick's conflict that she has a little bit going on and just that tension they have, um, that, that turn from, um, what's it called, uh, Danusha's character, the lone wolf, of turning turning on Chris Evans in a way. Um, there's little points in between, right? They just put it in every now and then, and they just sort of keep the beat going. Um, so no, I really enjoyed that part about it as well. Some movies, so I do want to say, this is probably one of my more favorite um, Netflix action movies because I think the last one I had seen that was longer similar lines to this was uh, Red Notice. Have you seen that on Netflix? Yeah, Red Notice and uh, The yeah. Old Guard were the, the other oh, ones okay. I was yeah, thinking yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. The, the Old Guard I didn't mind too much because it's got a bit more of an ensemble cast. Um, but I think the, the thing with Red Notice, I mean, that movie is pretty similar in this, like, you know, adventure, action, like globe-trotting kind of movie where they're traveling around the world to different places. But I felt like that movie was a bit too, I don't know, just me, but it felt like it was too full of itself. Like, it was just like, I don't know, it was a rock playing the role the rock always has been doing. And it's Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool again. Um, Gal Gadot basically being a pretty face and not not really having much of a role again. Um, Some things like that. So this movie just did it better. I don't know if the the casting was as better in this one. Um, Like, I think I thoroughly enjoyed Byron Gosling and Chris Evans being the leads. Uh, more than I did with the, what they had in Red Notice. Like, less, less predict- predictability, not seeing Ryan Gosling in so long, and his sort of more subtle acting approach I like. And Chris Evans in a role, which I'm just enjoying him. I'm loving this, um, you know, this sort of bad guy <laughs> phase of his. So I like this one much more. But in terms of, yeah, that's probably the closest comparison that I have, but this was way better than that. Definitely. But what about you? How, did you like that movie, or how did you compare that with this one? You know what? I, I completely agree with you. I, I think it it really threaded the needle of what a lot of those movies have tried to be. And I actually like I'm a huge fan of uh, fantasy novels and I'm a huge fan of sci fi novels and, and just like entertainment medium in general. But I have noticed lately that there is a huge I, I call it, uh, quote, the Deadpoolification of a lot of main characters, which I realize actually now just comes yeah. from what if your main character was Han Solo? Right. What if your main character was snarky? What if your main character was funny? Always found them way out of, uh, always found their way out of a solution or, or a situation. Um, gets injured, but is always gonna be okay, and you know probably won't die until they're oh, I don't know eighty five. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> at first, you know, within the first twenty minutes of this movie, I was like, oh man, Ryan Gosling, unfortunately, is that character, but he's not really. You know, what you find out by the end of the film is that he's just a very driven person who is very, very keen to pay his debts. And when you find out that he is responsible for his father's death because of what he was doing to his brother, and that's the reason that he will always look out for the family member of Billy Bob's character. And after Billy Bob's character sacrifices himself, that he will do whatever it takes to get back to her. You realize that all of his like his like shrug off moments where he's like, ah, damn, like there's the, the moment where he gets stabbed in the hand and he's like, ah, like he is he's approaching what would essentially be like the end of his career if he was a you know professional athlete. Well, we'll put it that way. And all of this stuff hurts him, but he's so accomplished and so good at what he does that he's going to keep moving forward, even though he's constantly injured. He's constantly hurt. He's constantly thrown a brand new. uh obstacle that he has to overcome 
but I found it so compelling that he played it very even keel. You know, he played the role of a professional exceptionally well. It's like if James Bond had 40% more sarcasm, but all the exact <laughs> same skill set. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that little, um, they had some little, uh, what do you call it? Little moments where they reference things. So I think that's a James Bond reference or something like that. He says something yeah, like double S, yeah, double S seven was taken. <laughs> yeah. <And> like, <laughs> that was, it's, that's, that's the, the master stroke of the movie is that it knew precisely what it was. It knew that it couldn't be James Bond. It, it was like if they took the first 20 minutes of Goldeneye, you know, where uh, 006 had, you know, uh, pre- like lost, you know, faked his own death. If they took that first 20 minutes of Goldeneye and just made it a very long movie, <laughs> that's kind of what this was. Uh, but with a lot more fun baked into its DNA. It just never ceased to keep my attention. And if they did make a sequel to it, I got to believe that if the Russo brothers at least are at the helm, that it's going to, it's going to have something for me to bite into. It might not be as good, but I'll watch it. I will be there the night it premieres. (laughs) No, I definitely agree. If they make a sequel, I'm all in. I thoroughly enjoy this. It's one of the better action movies that I've seen. As of late, I think, especially on Netflix, I think it's a good sign. If they can keep doing stuff like this, as you mentioned at the start of this episode, I'm all in. Because, yeah, this is just fun and engaging. Um, yeah, keep the Russo brothers, you know, on board. Because, yeah, they just did great, especially in this role where they have so many characters. And the scope for another movie, right? Like, just replace Chris Evans with another big Hollywood name. And <laughs> you basically can do um, something a little bit different. That's all. But, yeah, man. Yeah, give me, I, you know what? You know who I want? Right now, oh, yeah. and I'm going to ask you the same question in a second. Mm-hmm. You know who I want to be the villain in the second movie? Because he's one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. I want Timothy Oliphant to be the villain <laughs> in the second movie. Yep, yep. That's a great choice, actually. That's a good one. He's so, he's so charming. Um, so charismatic. I want him to be the first person that fits, you know, recruited yeah. from his prison program. Uh-huh. yeah yeah <laughs> that would be cool actually I would not mind that yeah I don't know what they would do with the sequel but oh man if they were to, to replace Chris Evans man like you know my house is telling me Nicolas Cage but that's too easy um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes no you, I, yeah. I mean you want that sequel to hit and you want it to be only yeah. a theatrical release and you put <laughs> Nick Cage in there <laughs> I think Nick Cage but if you want to go a bit lower scale somebody with the same kind of chat, like elephant kind of um, persona. Maybe John Hamm. I really enjoyed him in the, that oh. Top Gun movie. And he's just oh, awesome. Man. But he is That's just... an amazing, amazing yeah. bit. <laughs> yep, I would be um, in for that movie too. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be funny. Um, plus he's just so physically intimidating. You might be able to make him into more of a, um, you know, physical head. Although, yeah, geez, Chris Evans, Mr. Buff in this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> He was tanked up yeah, in this. Yeah, let's talk about the third main character in this movie, his mustache yeah. and his outfit. Yeah. Oh. My, <laughs> his my mustache. man showed up to yeah, play. Yeah, added to the character. Definitely, man. No, the mustache was... At the start, I was like, this is distracting. But after about five minutes, I was like, nah, this is fine. I'm, I'm all in for this because it's just, it's just fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I think that basically covers most of it. I think it's just both in the same boat. Thoroughly enjoyed this. Looking forward for more kind of stuff like this to come out. 
Um, any other final thoughts did you have about this movie? Or something no, we haven't touched on? Just this, which is a, a thank you for having me on. And this this is an absolute blast and any opportunity to talk about movies. Unfortunately, I enjoyed it so much that I didn't have a lot of nitpicks to really offer. And I think that's my final thought, which is that it was just so much fun. And it reminded me of a movie that like, again, I crave a theatrical experience. If you're going to sell me on, here's this massive ensemble cast with these big two directors. It better feel theatrical. It better Mm. sell me in two hours on the way that I feel at the end of a really good Netflix series or at the end of a really good HBO mini series, you know, it, it, that's the unfortunate nature of the golden age of television we live in now is that, you know, we could see these massive seasons writ large and it can really have a lot of time to sell us on these emotional beats or make us feel a particular way. And I walked away from this movie feeling like that was a great time and I can't really fault it because I enjoyed myself so thoroughly. And yeah, yeah, there there are lots of little itty bitty things like, oh man, I could have used more of that. I could have, you know, re- maybe recasted that one particular character. Mm. But your beating heart of this movie is those two, and they put on a show that I would pay over and over and over again to watch. Yeah, yeah, no, same same sentiments, man. It was just awesome. The thing is, the movie. I think it's a clever movie because it doesn't open itself up. I think if you're watching this like you and I were for the experience of what you're going to go through, then there's not really much room for criticism, right? Like if I'm going to criticize things like, okay, the story could have been better. It would, you know, it was, it could have been, you know, that's predictable and stuff like that. But look, at the end of the day, I still walked away pretty happy. I still walked away thinking what an amazing movie. And I would watch those action scenes over and over again, to be honest. And yeah, it is a movie that very easy to rewatch again and again. Um, And yeah, the two hours just flew by, as you said, it didn't feel like it was a long movie at all. I just, from start to finish, watched it, enjoyed it, and now I'm still raving about it. So definitely good signs about this movie, man. But uh, look, man, awesome podcast. I really enjoyed having you on this. It was uh, so much fun. And um, yeah, man, um, just looking forward to having you on again. And as I said again, check out uh, Doug's podcast. Hi, Dad, I'm Dad. Awesome show. Um, can't promote it anymore. Uh, if you love you know, movies, you'll love it because there's a movie reference in what, like every episode, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I kind of live my life by that credo. I kind of, yeah, like, yeah. there are a lot of people that will talk to me and be like, did you just quote Encino Man? Like, yeah, sorry. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just what I do. <laughs> old habits, old habits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they really die hard. Much like yeah, the main character of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah cool well that'll do it from us um hope you enjoyed the show and doug we'll chat soon sounds thanks, good everyone. man i'm i'm happy to be on anytime you let me awesome man catch you soon thanks